Welcome to A Better Covenant Podcast, an arm of the teaching ministry of Dr. Felix Idolo. We pray that this message will bless you and lift you up as Dr. Felix Idolo brings you deeper insights into God's covenant with us. And now, here is Dr. Felix Idolo. I welcome you again to our podcast, A Better Covenant Podcast, and we're talking about the provisions of God, the willingness of God to use His power and ability on our behalf and to uh, enable us to enter into His provisions. Now, God has made provisions for us. Uh, Christianity is not only about getting born again, being filled with the Holy Spirit and waiting until we die so we go into heavens. No, God has made provisions for us here on earth so that we can live effectively as Christians. We can rise above the domination of the devil in this world. Satan does not have to hold us in bondage when we know what God has already provided for us in Christ Jesus. But if we don't know what God has provided for us in Christ Jesus, according to Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, it says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You know, that was they are cut out of the provisions of God because of lack of understanding. If you don't know what God has provided for you in Christ, then you will be held in bondage. And that's why you have your Bible. The Bible is just simply the the information that tells you what God has already provided for you in Christ Jesus. It's you who needs the Bible, not God. You need the Bible. And that's why you have your Bible. And that's why you read your Bible, not to impress God, but so as to find out what is already made available to you in Christ Jesus. To find out for your own good what is there made available to you in Christ Jesus. So now, let's go back again and look at Matthew 17, and from there we'll see uh, a few more, in, get some more information that will help us to live a victorious life. And then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. How long will I be with you? In other words, the, the one of the marks of unbelief is that we always, unbelief always needs somebody else to minister to them. Unbelief does not know how to reach out by itself and take hold of the provisions of God. They needed Jesus to be there. That's what he's saying. How long will I be with you? You mean I have to be with you to do everything for you? No, you can have your own faith life. That's what he's saying. You can have your own faith life. You can have your own faith life. You can have your... Let's go to uh, Romans chapter 10 and you see what this scripture is talking about. Romans chapter 10. Uh, Jesus said, how long am I going to be with you? you uh, do I have to do everything with you? I have to be physically present in that situation to be able to get help across to you. And that's what unbelief does. It always needs... The pastor always needs the prophet, always needs the teacher, always needs somebody to help it out. But when you have your own faith, wherever you are, you can believe God. And Jesus is in heaven backing you up. 
Jesus is in heaven backing you up when you start to have your own faith life. You don't have to say, oh, Jesus, come physically to my situation to help me. No, he's, in the, he's at the right hand side of God to back you up as you exercise your faith. That is what faith does. That's the kind of faith that pleases God. You please God as you exercise your faith to take hold of the provisions of God right where you are and uh, you lay hold of it on the basis and on the authority of the word of God. You don't have to say, well, when I go to church on Sunday, they're going to pray for me. The pastor is going to pray for me. The prophet is going to pray for me. The evangelist is going to pray for me. The teacher. All these things are good and okay. But you don't have to wait for them when you can have your own faith life. That's what Jesus is saying. How long shall I be with you? He's asking them, look, am I going to be with you here on earth forever? There's going to come a time when I'm going to leave this earth and you're going to be alone and you're going to have to need to use your own faith. That's what he's telling them. And now Jesus is at the right hand side of God, backing us up as we exercise faith in the word of God. You see, so let's look at Romans chapter 10. Verse 6, But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above. That's what unbelief says. Unbelief always wants the physical presence of Jesus before things can be done. And he says the righteousness which is of faith. says don't say that. Don't say who is going to go into heaven to bring Christ down from above. Verse 7, Who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. You see, the word is nigh thee. When you have the word of God near unto you, then with that word, you can lay hold of the provisions of God. That's what the scripture is saying. The word is nigh thee in thine heart, in thine mouth, and then in your heart. If you can speak God's word out of your mouth and have it into your heart, then you'll be able to lay hold on all, any of the provisions of God. It's that simple. You can lay hold of your healing. You can lay hold of the miracle that God has for you. You can lay hold of God's supernatural provisions and his supernatural supply as long as you have that word upon your mouth and that word upon your heart. And so Jesus is saying, faithless and perverted generation. We've looked at that word Perverse means to be in reverse. These people were speaking in reverse of what God said. Their confession was not in agreement to what God was saying about them. And that's why Jesus said perverted. They were in reverse. When you speak in reverse of what God has said, then that is perverted faith. Fear is faith perverted. Unbelief is faith in reverse gear. When you speak in a way that is contrary to what God has said, then you are operating in reverse of God. You're going in the opposite direction. You see, you're going to go down. You're going to go down. You're going to go down, 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 down. Your confession will be dragging you down all the time. It will be dragging you in the reverse direction that God wants you to go. And you'll be wondering why are things not working for me. 
Why are my circumstances getting worse? Why am I getting more and more sick? Why is my body not getting better? Why am I not getting healed? Why are things getting worse for me in the financial realm? It is simple. You are speaking in reverse of what God said. And so let's end it with this story of uh, that we see in 2 Kings. Let's end it there in 2 Kings. There's an interesting story there of a man who was the personal assistant of the king of Israel at a time of great famine. And then the, the famine was so bad, food was so scarce, that the, the children of Israel, uh, we have a documented case here of two women who between themselves agreed to cook up their children and eat them. That was how bad it was. Cannibalism was beginning to come into the uh, the camp of Israel. These two women agreed. They said, "Look, let's kick the, the one said to the other, let's let's kill your child, let's and cook him up and eat." Uh, it's terrible. It actually happened. It's documented there. That was how bad and how severe the famine was. And they agreed. She said, "Let's eat your child tonight. Tomorrow we'll eat my own child." And then the woman agreed. They cooked up the, their child. They ate the child. And then the time came for them to eat, to cook up the second child and eat up. And the second one disagreed. And so they took the matter to the king. And the king was very furious. Decided to, he, he decided that Elisha was the one responsible for the situation. No, Elisha was not the one responsible for, for the situation. Their disobedience was responsible for the situation. It's like going to kill the weatherman because he forecasted a flood as a result of a storm. The weatherman can forecast that there's going to be flooding because a, 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 a heavy storm is going to come upon the land. And then we turn around and go and kill the weatherman because of the when the situation begins to happen and attribute the storm and the flooding to the weatherman. That was what the king was doing. He went around and wanted to take off the head of Elisha because Elisha prophesied it. No, Elisha was not the cause of it. Their disobedience was the cause of it. Elisha was just the weatherman who was telling them about the approaching storm. And so we see here when, when the king, when you go to uh, 2 Kings 7, you will see then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus hear the Lord. Tomorrow, about this time, shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. So when the king comes, Elijah prophesies and says, don't worry about it. Tomorrow, this situation will be turned around and there will be food in abundance and the price of food will significantly go down. And then let's look at uh, verse 2. Then a Lord... Uh, on whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God. So this was the personal assistant to the king. He answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord will make the heavens, if the Lord will make windows in heaven, and might this thing be? And he said, and, the, and Elijah said to him, Behold, thou shalt see it with thy eyes, but thou shalt not eat thereof. In other words, this personal assistant to the king said, look, this is this can never happen. Even if God will open windows in heaven and pour down bread from heaven unto the earth, we'll not get to a situation where food will be so cheap, food will be so cheap that they will sell a measure of 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 uh, 
of uh, wheat for a shekel. And uh, he said it could never happen. And then Elijah answered and said, look, you will see it, but you will not partake of it. Your unbelief will cut you out of the situation. And so we see it happened exactly as Elisha prophesied. And then when the food, uh, when the nation of Israel got to know that food was in abundance in the camp of the enemy, because the Lord had caused uh, some supernatural occurrence to happen, and the invading army thought that the, the, the king of Israel had got himself allies and they were marching in on the, the armies, the invading armies. They took off and they fled and they left behind all their supplies and food became so abundant in the nation overnight that uh, there was so much and the price of food went down significantly. What happened to this man? Uh, what happened to this man? Uh, the Bible tells us in verse 17, let's look at verse 16 of the same chapter. And the people went out and spoiled the tents of the Syrians. So a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel. So food became so cheap in the land that the exact same thing that the prophet prophesied was beginning to happen. And verse 17, And the king appointed the Lord on whose hand, that's his personal assistant, he leaned to have the charge of the gate, and the people trod upon him in the gate, and he died, as the man of God has said, who spake when the king came down to him. So you see the tragedy that happened here. His own unbelief brought tragedy upon him. He said, look, I don't care what God does. God could open up windows in heaven and rain down bread from heaven. It will not happen, as you have said. It will not happen that a measure of barley will be sold for a shekel and a measure of fine flour will be sold for a shekel. It will never happen like that. The prophet of God told him, you're going to see it, but you're not going to partake of it. And now, on the day that this was happening, he was the one that the king appointed to go and stand at the gate and restrain the people. And what happened? They just pushed him down, walked all over him, tread all over him, and then he died. And he could not partake of the provisions of God. So you see that he was shut out. He was cut out of the provisions of God because of his own unbelief. He used his mouth to speak in a way that nullified what God said and brought tragedy upon himself. And that's what many people are doing. They bring trouble upon themselves. They bring tragedy, tragedy upon themselves. They bring calamity upon themselves. Many of them die untimely deaths because they are speaking in such a way that nullifies God's word about them. They speak in such a way that nullifies. The word of God says, with long life, he will satisfy you and show you his salvation. But other people are saying they are going to die young. Other people are saying they are sick, oppressed, depressed, bound, and they are confessing their death, their untimely death, before uh, uh, the time that God wants them to die. Uh, they are confessing. The word of God says, with long life, he will satisfy them. But they are talking about dying in an untimely way, in an untimely fashion, they're confessing all these things that are contrary to the word of God and it is 
going to happen to them as they have said it. Because Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. If your faith is in reverse gear, according to your faith, it will be unto you. If you are speaking contrary to what God said in his word, according to your contrary and reverse faith, it will be unto you. So I want to admonish you today, as we close, to be aware that unbelief will shut you out of God's provision, but faith will take you to into the take you into the fullness of what God has provided for you. So get into the word of God, begin to know what God has provided for you in Christ Jesus, and begin to let your confession line up with what God has said about you in his word. And according to your positive faith, it will be unto you. Till I come your way again, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church, hold you up and maintain you in his grace. Amen. We trust that this message has been a blessing to you. Be sure to join us again for another refreshing episode. For additional information, please visit www.abettercovenant.org or email us at abc at abettercovenant.org.